Get your browser on it. It's IE Firefox Chrome Safari. Get on it. Get on the Crystal Show right now. I am Crystal Hickerson, and I would like to welcome you all to the Crystal Show. There's too many free meals out here, folks. Hey, look, let me pick something. I want the cheddar biscuits. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's going to be cool. It's going to be nice. We're going to talk. We're going to get real down and dirty. Hi, guys. My name's Becky. You're on the Crystal Show. Yeah, I didn't call for you to make fun of me. I, 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 I don't have a problem. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you and a little bit at you. People say, well, don't talk about religion and politics. I say, right. yes, talk about it. Talk about it because what do you want to go to a boring cocktail party? <laughs> I don't like her. I mean, how how old are we? What grade are we in? One man, American crime wave. Because the feds knew. Y'all might have to come back and that's going to be a whole different show altogether. That's what I'm talking about. I, 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 Make some noise. Make some noise. All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Crystal Show featuring Dre. Um, this is Thursday night, and you are right where you ought to be. Thank you so much for tuning in live or listening to the podcast. If you're listening live, I would like for you to call in and voice your opinion on tonight's topic or to speak with our guest. All you have to do is dial. Six five seven three eight three zero five five four. That's six five seven three eight three zero five five four, and you can voice your opinion, or you can just simply listen to the show that way. To connect to the Crystal Show, make sure you like us on Facebook at the Crystal Show One, and follow us on Twitter at Crystal Show One. Also, um, for all of the information, including how to be a guest on the show, you must visit our official website, thecrystalshow.com. What up, Dre? What's up, Q? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so ridiculously stupid yesterday. Oh my god. Oh my god. What's up? What's up people? What's up? It's Thursday. <laughs> it's a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day today, but now it's a beautiful night because we are here on the Crystal Show live. If you're listening live. And you know, of course if it's a Saturday then you're listening to the podcast. But anyway, we're here <laughs> to listen to it. All right. Well, you know what? First of all, um, it was kind of funny, and uh, yeah, we're, we're to share this with the audience. Um, some of you, I don't know, some of you may listen to Talk to Q Radio Show, um, which is another uh, radio show, and I was, I'm was i a frequenter on that show. And I, um, <laughs> when he said hello, I said, what up, Dre? <laughs> Instead of, you know, saying hello to Q himself. Which, of course, he corrected me on. He was like, excuse me, who is this you're talking about? It was so embarrassing. And the only thing I could think of is that at the time, I I was doing, you know, preparation for the show for tonight. And so I was in, you know, the Crystal Show mode. And I had on my, my uh, headset and I had, a, you know, I was in front of the console and I was kind of doing it several things at once. So when he came to me, that's exactly what I said. So weird. <laughs> I didn't even catch it either. 
And if he hadn't said anything, I would have just thought I, you know, responded correctly. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I don't know. Has that ever happened? What is the most embarrassing thing? Has that ever happened to you? Do I, I mean, anything ridiculous like that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've actually called uh, one of my coworkers, like, some other name for like another coworker from like years ago before, and they're like, "What?" I'm like, "You know what? Never mind." So yeah, it, it's happened. Well, I'm to- I'm totally bad with um co- uh, co- like coworkers and people like that, their names and stuff like that. I just you know I'm bad with names, period. And um, if you're not like in my face or in my zone on a constant basis, then I'm not gonna remember you. I mean that's just who I am, folks. I mean I can I, I can admit that. And um. I'm yeah, you know, you know, I yeah, I just can't, I can't, you know. But anyway, what we have now um, tonight, we're going to be talking um, with Candy Benici, sorry, and um, see, I always says something completely different. And she is an author of a book called. Um, I had it in front of me. Stardom happens. I was going to say shit happens, but stardom happens. And um, now, what she has done, she is, uh, she was a momager, and I say was because you know now our kids are older, so you're not really a momager once they become, you know, of age. But she, her son um, was Taryn Smith, who was Mark on Home Improvement, and. I loved Home Improvement, actually. (laughs) I used to watch it all the time when it was um, on. It was just, you know, amazing. Did you ever watch Home Improvement? Oh, God, yeah, who didn't? (laughs) Love that show. Okay. No, I did. I totally. I love that show. You know, I mean, it was. It was. And I like guys. Guys. You know, I'm kind of a guy girl, I guess. <laughs> and I love that show. And it was, you know, it was kind of set and based in the Detroit area, which I thought was, re- you know, really cool. So, he was, you know, like from this area in in the in the film, in the, you know, series. But anyway, so let's um let's welcome uh Candy onto the show. Thank you Candy so much for coming on to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, well. Um, first of all, first of all, let's talk about your book. Now, your book is called Stardom Happens, and um, I'm sure it's a pun on my um, uh, eloquent phrase before. <laughs> and yeah. and um, I would like to know, how did you decide, you know, I've had my journey through this, and I really need to let people know about how it was. What was it that made you say, I need to put pen to paper to write this story? Well, it was kind of a combination of things. Um, Just feeling like I wanted to have parents not go into it the way we did, which was so incredibly naive. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, a few years ago, a friend of ours who used to be Terrence's publicist wanted to start an acting school, and he said, um, I was wondering if you would be willing to talk with the parents and, you know, give them ideas and tips for what to do. And I went, oh, yeah. So that kind of pushed, you know, I, we've been thinking about it, but that kind of pushed it over the edge because then I thought, well, this would be the time to start writing it down and just so I could get my thoughts together. And then it just kind of emerged into a book. 
but um, we, our, our thoughts were just that when we first got into the business and when most people get into the business, they have no idea how the business runs and they have no idea what the child is getting into. We signed a seven-year contract for the home improvement show not knowing anything. I mean, we didn't even know mm-hmm. who Tim Allen was. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, you know, you're sort of signing your child's life away. So we um, we really just wanted to give parents um, a heads up because it can be an incredibly wonderful experience if you're prepared, if you know what you're getting into and if your child is prepared and if you have, the you know, the right attitude through the whole thing, you know, you protecting know- your child and keeping them safe. I was watching this uh, program, and I don't know if you've heard of the, of the um, of what I'm about to to talk about. The um, they bring kids, I think it's around springtime, to Hollywood, and they they stay in like this hotel, and then they it's like a camp or something, and then they go out and they do like screenings and they do auditions for about three months or so in order to get into um, to get cast for you know the the fall series that are that are beginning and um it's like a whole bunch of kids kids from you know ages five you know on the way up to maybe 13 14 or something like that now have you heard about those kinds of camps um i have it started i think because there is a a hotel um well it's actually an apartment complex called the oakland apartments and people come for pilot season. They know that that's when uh, all of the TV shows are are first putting out their first episode, their pilot, to see if they'll get picked up. So people come in from all over the country and stay in those apartments, which are close to most of the um, studios, and go from there to trying out and trying auditions. And lots of times studios are looking for out- kids from out of town because, you know, they feel like the L.A. kids are kind of jaded and they want new kids and and also mm-hmm. they want naive kids which is you know people that don't know what they're doing you know so um it it's kind of works that way but um i have i've heard that there are some camps that are recently that have set up to do that but it came from that that concept that the apartments are there and it's a way to get your child in we we had no idea about any of that um when when Taryn got involved and then we just happened to end up at that time um, but that was totally by accident. <laughs> well, tell us about that. You know, yeah, tell us, tell us how um, he ended up, or you ended up bringing him, or, or you know, were you living in Hollywood? I mean, how did that um, all come about? We um, were living in San Francisco, actually north of San Francisco in Marin, where we still are. And um, my daughter started doing a little bit of modeling in the city. I took her into the city with some pictures. And when she was about five, just people kept telling me, oh, my gosh, she's so cute. She had a model. I, um, Taryn got in after that. He's seven years younger, and he got in as a baby. They came to me and said, you, do you want him to work and I was nursing him in the, in the waiting room and I said what and I, I said know. you have you have jobs for babies and they said well yes we do occasionally and we don't take babies we just use brothers and sisters of the kids we already have and she yeah. said here just sign this card so I signed it and about two weeks later they called him for baby news catalog and he was on the front of the catalog as an eight month old baby and that's yeah. kind of how he got started but they were doing maybe three or four jobs a year I mean, it was mm-hmm. nothing very big, and I would put the money in their piggy bank, and, <laughs> you know, that's basically how we got started. And then Taryn ended up with doing a job that got him into the Screen Actors Guild. So he had a, a SAG card, which was, it was an Enterprise rental car commercial, and um, 
at the time he was doing that, the director sort of noticed, well, actually, I, I was in the business at the time, too, working as a script supervisor, and I worked on a movie in L.A., and the director said, oh, you should bring him down to L.A. and sign him up. There's there's lots of work down here. And my mother lives in L.A., so I thought, well, you know, I'll take him down, and, and he gave us an agent to go to, and I thought, well, he might get, you know, a, a two-day commercial or something. Right. I never dreamed of a TV series. That was just not in our thinking at all, let alone number one TV series that went for eight years. Yeah. You know, it yeah. just was, was not something we had in mind at all, and we had to, you know, make some major life changes to do it, but, um, yeah, that's kind of how we kind of just dropped into it, and we didn't know when we met the agent that it was pilot season and all of that was happening. We knew nothing, you know. We just, I thought, well, he might get a little, you know, one or two day commercial and go down and stay with my mother and do it, and so it was, you know, just totally by accident. But it was a wonderful accident. Yeah, and so he, you know, we all watched him grow up. All of the boys, the three boys, just grow up on um, on home improvement, and um, you know, it's. So how does that work as far as, um, you know, your time, school? Did you have to, like, quit your job or whatever in order to maintain what he what he was doing? Um, I did. I quit my job. I was a script supervisor on feature films and commercials at the time, and I'm also a substitute teacher, so I was doing both of those. I stopped doing those and stayed with with him on the set. He was He was just seven years old. And so I, we moved in with my mom for the first two years. My daughter and my husband stayed up here in in Marin because um, she had just started uh, a really good private high school that she wanted worked really hard to get into, and we didn't want to change that. And mm-hmm. my husband's work was up here anyway. So Karen and I would drive down with three weeks on, one week off, and we'd drive back on the week off, come up back up home. And then we stayed with my mom for the first two week, uh, years, and then we got an apartment that was closer to the um, to the studio, and then on the sixth year, we finally bought a house down there so that we wouldn't have to do so much commuting. And my husband did the commuting at that point. And um, yes, I stayed with him on the set. He was only seven. I, you know, you could get a, a set sitter or something, but I wasn't going to do that because he was just a young mm-hmm. old guy. And yeah, and, um, and it was okay for me to to drop my career for a while, and I picked it back up later when the show was over. But um, it's uh, it's important to be there. They they're there. All day, every day, um, basically eight and a half hours when he first started, and then it moved up to nine and a half uh, as he got older. And they have school on the set um, when they're there. They have a, a teacher that um, you have to still be have them in in a regular school, but uh, which mm-hmm. um, which provides the work. But the tutor on the set, you know, helps them do it, and watches over them. So um, yeah, that's that's basically how it worked. And Okay. Uh, he he loved it. He really enjoyed every year when it would, we we'd have a hiatus from April through July, and okay. at the beginning of July he would say, "When are we going back? When are we going back?" <laughs> I say, "Are you sure? Are you sure you want to keep doing this?" Yes, I do. I say, well, "When are we going back? When are we going back?" So, you know, we'd always check with him every year. I was not going to take him down there if he if he didn't want to do it. So, right, but right. He loved it. Well, um, well we I have a. We have a question um, from our chat room here, and uh, one of the questions from one of the listeners asked, how difficult is it to manage money for a child star, and how do you handle the transitioning of the money when they turn 18? 
Very good question, because that's where parents, <laughs> including us, I mean, this book, you know, includes our good, all of our good experiences and some of our, you know, and our bad ones as well. Um, that's very tricky. Um, the money is coming in. When when Taryn was on the show, 25% of the money had to go into a trust fund for him. Um, they've now changed the rule, and it's 15% of everything. Because at that time, they didn't use, they didn't count commercials and smaller jobs, just big jobs. Now it's 15% of everything, and that goes into an untouchable trust until he's 18. My wish is that it would be 21, but unfortunately, it's 18. So the the kids get all that money at 18, however much it is, and that that leads into some problems because you you have to really know who they're hanging out with. They That's when mm-hmm. I call them the sharks start circling. They come in around 16, 17. They know that trust fund is out there, and they, they can swing in and start influencing your child a lot. And so you have to be very, very careful, way more careful than we ever dreamed of, particularly now with the Internet as well, and, and watch who is coming into their child's life at that time. But um, that's basically untouchable. Then the, the rest of the money is spread out between taxes, of course, and then all the expenses that they incur while, well, you have to pay your agent 10%. You have to pay, if you have a publicist, if they get to be a large, you know, a big star, you have a publicist, you have a lawyer, you have acting classes, which you always want to keep doing. You have all these other expenses that come out of the rest of the money, and then what's left is the child's money as well. But, um, there's not usually too much left after all of that. But luckily, 15% of everything now is put away. When when we were in a business, it was 25%. So after taxes and agents and all that stuff, there really wasn't too much left. But, um, yeah, and then you just have to be extra careful, extra careful to watch who comes into their life. That's the, that's the problem we had. And, um, you know, we both, Karen and I, don't want to see it happen to other parents and the other kids. It's It's a nightmare. Um, we were able to get through it, and by the time he was, you know, he, he was influenced by a group, and by the time he was eight, nineteen, he, you know, realized what was going on and came mm-hmm. back to us. But it was it was a difficult time, and and it happens to a lot of kids in this business because that money is just sitting there, and these people know that that with that when that money is available, they they can do a lot of things. You can get lawyers and they can get people to work for them because everybody knows, oh, when he's 18, that money is, you know, I'll get paid. All it'll, It's all there. So they have right. more power than you think. You know? So you really, even at 16, so you really have to be ultra careful. But if you are, it can be a wonderful experience if you go in there aware of all of that and, you know, prepared for it. Right. His acting, his acting experience was absolutely amazing. We we had such good time, and and you know, at the end of the show, everybody said, "Oh, you're, you've been such good parents. He's so normal. He's so down to earth. You know, he hasn't affected mm-hmm. him at all." And it was a year later after the show was over that he met, you know, that group of people, and you know, that's what you have to watch out for. So it's uh, mainly like the Hollywood people, or something like that, or just other kids. Well, in this case, or other a, teens. A, yeah, it was other teens. It can be. It was adults. You know, it was other adults oh, who, who okay. knew what they were doing. And and uh, yeah, you really have to watch out. And some I've seen some kids. You know, people come in and claim that they're financial advisors and they're going to advise yeah. the kid what to do with the money. And you know, and right. all of a sudden it's gone. You know, um, uh, it's just you just have to be very very careful because they know the kids are naive. That that's one of the things about being on the set is that you know is that they do they are 
pretty naive. My, my mother, I, I remember saying to my mom, you know, I'm really worried he's not streetwise. And she said, honey, he's not even playground-wise. <laughs> I realized that, you know, it's true. You know, they're having their school on the set with, you know, in this case, they're with the three boys. But in some cases, right. they might be the only child, you know, and they don't have that that interaction between different people. So they, you know, they, every, Karen just sort of believed that everybody was good, you know. He right. didn't know, he didn't get the idea that some people may not be so good, you know. <laughs> they may be saying things and not really be meaning them, you know. So you have to be careful because they're, they are ultra-naive in that respect, you know. They, they don't have the experience. And people know that, so you have to watch out. But so you've I heard, the first, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, for, for for as far as tips go for, for how to, you know, what to do, the the mm-hmm. really beginning thing is you've got to be sure that the business is, that your child is right for the business. Because okay. sometimes, you know, your child can have tons of talent, but if they don't have the right personality, you, they should not be there. And, you know, they've got to be outgoing, they've got to be intelligent, they have to be able to memorize things. They certainly have to be able to wait patiently because most of the business is waiting for one thing after another. Um, and rejection, they really got to be able to handle rejection and not fall apart. Um, we we have a little grandson who is absolutely adorable, and agents have clamored to get him. And we have to say no because he doesn't have, he, you know, he doesn't, he cries. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you just say anything harsh to him, you know, he'll just burst into tears. And I thought, oh, no, no, no. You know, if a director wanted him to do something different, he would just fall apart. So you you really have to know your child and know that they can handle what's going to be in front of them. That's the first step. <laughs> and you know what? I think that a lot of kids are like that. They they do cry, especially in those young ages. They mm-hmm. they don't like they don't like waiting around they you know um, and I guess that's why they a lot of times they use twins in order to kind of battle that right part of, right mm-hmm. and also it's because of the child labor laws children can only mm-hmm. okay. work so many hours a day particularly young children when Taryn first started um, the other other two boys were much older they were three years older so they could work a lot longer so Taryn would have to come in at 10 o'clock when all the rehearsing started, but they could come in an hour early and get an hour's worth of school. They have to have three hours of school every day. So he would have to have his three hours during the actual rehearsal time. So that cut the amount of time he could be in the, you know, actually acting on the set. And um, the boys, the other boys were older. They could come in an hour early and get one of those hours of school out of the way. So, yeah, there's just different. So when you have twins, sometimes it's just because they need longer hours and they can't work, you know, the kids can't work that long. So they they just rotate the twins around, you know, or the triplets, right. or whatever it is. <laughs> now you've heard of the term momager. Um, how do you feel about some of, or have you witnessed some of the other like parents in the business that are not acting in the best interest of their children? I mean, yes, we saw that a lot because both my kids were in the business for so long so we did run into that and it's really difficult I I kind of call them the pot of gold parents you know the kids the parents that are just thinking about the money and well if you get this we can have less money and it's so awful when you see a parent pushing their child into it that you can see the child is not wanting to be there or you know just doesn't have it and it's very very upsetting but um, luckily most of the producers are kind of aware of that and are you know 
kind of, you know, they, I think sometimes now they, they actually, not only do they audition the kids, but they kind of watch the parents too. You know? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's because you don't want to see that happen, and it's and it does happen a lot. You see just kind of really horrendous things going on, and you think, oh, my goodness, this child should not be here. It's it's difficult, but it does happen, and unfortunately, but I think sometimes, you know, word gets around. Everybody, you know, crew members talk to each other. Everybody talks to each other, and the word does get around. And and usually, if if you see it, you know that happening, they won't get asked back for another job. You know, it's um, oftentimes that's kind of weeded out because <laughs> right. nobody really enjoys it. You know. Now for um, now within your book. Now, um, can you tell us about some of the tips that you give and what can a person find when they pick up this book? Is it, is it more of a like a self-help book for those who are looking to get into bringing their children into the business? Well, it's three parts to it. The first part is, yes, it's kind of helping. If, you, if you're interested in getting into business, you know, what should you do? First of all, you know, be sure your child is the right. But how does your child get experience with school plays and community theater? And then how do you look for an agent? Um, what, what different things like, for instance, if an agent asks you to pay them ahead of time, forget it, that they're not reputable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how to go into the agent audition um, and then how to actually handle auditions themselves is keep your child happy and safe during an audition. It's hard for them. And, you know, they're, it's what I always do is we'd have the kids would, uh, we'd go into the city. We lived in San Francisco, and it was always an outing. And it wasn't the audition was just a minor thing. We would go to Golden Gate Park, or we'd go to the FAO Schwartz Toy Store, or we'd go to the zoo, and then we'd just do the audition kind of on the side. So it wasn't made mm-hmm. into a big, oh my God, you're going to a big audition. You know, it was just like, yeah, we're going to go in here and talk to these people. And so you really kind of try to do that, and then that. That's all in how to get good photography, photographs made, how to mm-hmm. deal with the labor laws. That's all kind of the beginning. And then the second part of the book is if your child does get a job, what do you expect on the set? What's going to happen um, about the education? Um, how do you you know deal with contracts and how do you deal with you know just finding the right teacher and just all the different things that happen, the safety on the set what to expect when you first get there, that kind of thing. And then the third one, which is sort of the longer section, is once your child is a star, how do you deal with all of the rest of the stuff, like fan mail and charities and public appearances and the financial aspect of it and and keeping your child grounded? I mean, you know, fame can be pretty crazy sometimes, and they can, you know, it can all go to their head. So how do you keep them, you know, being a normal kid all the way through right. it. And how do you keep your family together? Because a lot of times, you know, you have one child that's doing all this, and what about your other kids, you know? Right. What's going to happen with them, you know? Well, his sister, luckily, was, Karen's sister was older and was very happy doing what she was doing, but we always tried to include her into anything that we were doing, and all the charities we were doing and the special appearances and stuff, and any time she could get away from school and join us, she would do it. That And it's really important to remember you have other children, and, you know, how do you keep them going? And then the other thing is how do you end a career? When a child decides either the show is over or they decide they don't want to act anymore, how do you gracefully get out, you know, where so that the child isn't just devastated and it's over? And you've got to remember that, you know, get, keep them understanding that they're loved no matter what, you know, and it doesn't have to do with what they're doing. It has to do with who they are. And so it's it's kind of divided into those three sections. So it kind of, um, it helps 
in all on all those aspects. Well, it sounds like a very interesting book, and I, I think I'm gonna have to pick it up. Just, I mean, I don't have any kids going into um, the <laughs> entertainment business, but it's it you know it sounds very interesting. It's something that people look at. They look at these kids on TV. Um, you hear, of course, you hear the horror stories. That's what you hear, and um, yeah. you see them, you know. But um, yeah, but you wonder, you know, how in the world do you have this child have a normal life? Uh, how can they grow up? and be a normal person and how can they make it out of the um from a child star to an adult star if they want to continue in their acting career so how is Taryn doing he's doing really well he's about to be 31 which is amazing um he he decided that makes me feel very old he uh he decided oh when it was I over that he, he didn't want to, you know, he he was seven when he started. He was 15 when it ended. Uh, he, you know, spent his whole life doing that. And it was, I think yeah. the ending was really tough on him because it was, um, he he didn't have much time and much memory of before home improvement. It was pretty much life as he knew it. And, and the other kids were older and the adults and everything. But for Taryn, it was a whole lifestyle that was ending. But he decided he didn't want to go into uh, acting anymore. He wanted. He was thinking originally about being a director. Of course, almost every actor says that. I know. I know. <laughs> it's so funny. But um, he ended up doing other things, and and now he's doing really well. He, he's um, he's really a philanthropist. He really likes to help people. So the last he just came back from the Philippines. He was in the Philippines for six months, helping people recover from the big hurt, uh, typhoon that hit in Tacloban a year ago. They set up a huge warehouse, this organization called Communitaire, and they brought all these big companies sent in tools, and they trained the people how to use the tools and then lent them out like a library, you know, tool library, so they could use them to rebuild their homes and their boats and stuff. And he just spent six months doing that, and he just got back, and he's going to go off and do another thing similar to that in a different place. And he's he's really... Uh, got a heart as big as gold, and he really wants to help people. So that's kind of what he's focusing on at the moment. And I'm proud of him. I'm I'm really proud of of the person that he became because he's he's a, a genuinely kind, sweet, wonderful kid. No, that's so good. That's good. That's what he's doing. And uh, I don't know what he's gonna. And, you know, I don't think he'll go back to the acting because you know he said I, I did that. You know, <laughs> I want to do other things. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, that, yeah, he lucked up into something um, that was positive and good. So, um, Mm -hmm. and you know, and again, we hear so many kids who don't make it out. But first of all, I want to thank you so much, Candy, for coming on to the show. Thank you. I want everyone to make sure that they go out and pick up Stardom Happens. And tell us quickly, uh, Candy, where can they find you? Uh, Stardomhappens.com. And the book is the actual launch date where it's going to be available in all the stores is April 14th, and it's okay. in you know Amazon and Barnes and Noble. You can pre-order in in any of those places, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, and all the big major bookstores. You can pre-order it, but it will actually come out on the 14th. And we're excited. I think it's you know Taryn wrote comments all through it, so it's really written by both of us. He put his humorous comments and. And you know, basically, kind of gave you an idea of you know, what it like from the idea of a ch- his own, you know, from being the child star. And so it's mm-hmm. written kind of by both of us, and uh, we're excited. We're we're really excited that it's coming out, and I think it will it will give even if you don't have a child that's going in, you'll at least get an understanding of how the business works, you know, and the kind of behind the scenes. <laughs> 
Right, what's, yeah, what's, that's what's, what's interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, thank, thank you so much, Candy, for coming on to The Crystal Show. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. All right, and we'll be right back in just a few seconds. Do you need to file a tax extension? We can help for free. Simply request a tax extension permission form at extension request at taxpro1000.com. After filling it out, upload it to your free, safe online portal that we will set up for you. Our experienced staff of tax accountants will then send you confirmation that your federal and state's tax extensions are filed. It is just that easy. When you're ready to have your taxes prepared, you'll find TaxPro 1000 tax centers prices to be some of the best in the tax industry. In most cases, we can even deduct our low tax preparation fee from your refund. Our prices are 150 to 250 depending on the number of your tax forms. If questions or to speak with our friendly staff, please call us at 800-687-4187 free. Do you have student debt? We offer neither debt refinancing nor consolidation. What we offer is student debt obliteration. How? Freelancing your way out of debt. Become a freelancer on our site, mohican.biz. Only those owing student debt and residing in the U.S. can register. Any company or individual can post jobs on the site. Furthermore, Mohegan.biz strives to bring those individuals still carrying student loan debt together with those institutions who educated them, as well as those who provided the financing to make their education possible. Thus, we will promote our registered freelancers with banks, universities, and many other organizations, including the federal government. The idea is for these institutions to outsource work by posting jobs at mohegan.biz, to which our registered freelancers would then apply. Please visit mohegan.biz for more information. Thank you. All right. All right, and we're back, everybody. And um, next we have a guest on coming on the show. His uh, he's a hip-hop artist from Houston, just like, uh, you know, Beyonce and all that. And um, uh, his name is Wild Thang. I like that already. <laughs> and um, he uh, he's coming on to talk about his single called Good Good, and let's welcome him on. What's up? What's up? What's up? Thank you for having me. So happy to be yeah. here. Oh, you're very welcome, hon. Thank you so much for coming on. All right. Now, tell us, first of all, how did you get the name Wild Thing? I, I have to know. Oh, well, that's, that's cool. Um, that's a great question. <laughs> um, well, uh, several years back, I have a, a real good friend named Shade. She's a, a R&B singer slash go-go dancer. Um, and what? she's a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I believe Go-Go is real big, like, you know, in Washington and, you know, in that area. Um, but it was real rare to find a person like that down here in Houston. So, um, anyway, she she's based in Germany. She does a lot of great things out there. She's known me for a while. And, and uh, she said, you know, your music is just it's, 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 it's just so, you know, organic and, and the way it evolves. It's just a wild, you know, just wild thing, how, how you just come across and you just – do you and so she's the one that gave me the name um just based upon my uh my delivery and 
how, you know, passionate I am behind my music and how sometimes I buck a lot of different trends and, and uh, stand out in my own unique way. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> well, um, I didn't, yeah, well, you know, Go-Go Dancers, yeah, they have them, like, here in Michigan. Um, it's kind of, like, almost like burlesque, and um, it's fun. It's fun to look at. It's instead of the whole, you know, stripper. Stripper. You know? You know? <laughs> right. You don't need that. You don't need all that. Well, every time I think of go go well, no, maybe I you guys like, need it. Every time I think of go go I think of, like, the Ace Ventura movie. Not Ace Ventura, but the, the dude. Um, not Ace Ventura. The uh, Mike Myers guy. Oh. <laughs> well, that's just a twist just and all that. Yeah, yeah, all right. They're, they're, they're in the cage, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, they're all doing the... Da, 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 da. <laughs> anyway, well, I think it's a little more involved than that, but um, yeah, oh, sure, oh, sure, sure. Yeah, okay. it's okay. actually it's actually a very good show. I I, I recommend people to go watch it because it's interesting. It's it's better than just well, I, maybe I'm a chick. Yeah. So strippers. I mean, yeah, the, <laughs> the very first time I seen you know seen her perform, I was just blown away because I mean I'm I'm just like my man. I mean it's like. Either either it's like strippers or it is just like really really basic dancing, you know. Like it's either uh, white or black, but really that's a big gray area where you know it's mm-hmm. a lot of talented people that just really perform. I mean, they practice and work out and stretch like um, like uh, ballerinas and everything. It's just I mean you got to yeah. really check it out. It, it's different. It's dope. All right, now tell us about you have a project that you uh, got working on now called Rise. What's that about? Well. My project Rise, um, it's my debut solo project. Uh, for a, for a, a little while, I've been rapping in a group called Desperado. So this is my um, my coming full circle, coming out party. Um, Rise, uh, basically what it speaks of is my life and overcoming a lot of major obstacles. You know, uh, other people may have fallen short and became statistics. I, I, I overcame those obstacles yeah. and um you know i'm real happy to be here to be able to speak about it and it, it's like a celebration you know it's a party it's a festive mood from you know overcoming these things so yeah it's um it's, it's scheduled to come out may 11th it's mm-hmm. going to be available everywhere online you know and um digging up the single good, good, good corner, yeah yeah man you know we uh we gearing up my team and I. We are getting ready for it. You know, delivering. Um, we're really excited. We're we're building up the excitement and, and um, you know, just really happy to be here this evening to speak on your show. All right, I now appreciate it, man. You do. You now? Did I hear you do rap battles? No, no, no. I used to. You know what I'm saying. Okay. I used to. <laughs> I mean, but I used to get a little too intense in my rap battles, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, yeah, and, and my music kind of evolved because it's like instead of 10 people down, I want, like, everybody to come together in the club or in the party and just have a really good time. So I kind of, you know, got into a different line. Yeah, because I um, also heard that you were, you've been called a urban poet. So now is that different from, like, you know, um, what is it when? What is it when they they speak? What do they call it when they speech? Do the um, spoken word? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, thank you. Mean you. like a, a slam? Not slam, but uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah so it, it is a lot different. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's because a lot of times um, it's not always confrontational. Like I, when I first started out, I, I started out as a poet, and I. 
at one time I won first place in state Texas for poetry for a poem I wrote called Black Rose, and then I went on and um, got some other poems published. But the reason why they call me an urban poet is because I'm more like on the Langston Hughes type thing, and as far as how I look at my community I, and the world, and you know how how you know all these things that happen in life all you know have a, a reason a purpose. So I just express it from. From, from my standpoint, you know, not from somebody sitting in the Eiffel Tower looking down on everybody else, but, you know, somebody <laughs> with their feet in the streets every day and interacting with people. So that's what made it a little different. You know, my, my poetry, um, it, it talks on a number of things. I mean, but one of the main things is love, love of community, loving yourself, you know what I'm saying, and building things. So, yeah. Well, that's cool. So you're positive. A little positivity, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, no doubt. That. Yeah, I mean, no doubt though. I like the Langston Hughes reference myself, because that that you know that you're a Renaissance brother, so that that's cool, you know. Did you call him a soft brother? I appreciate that. I said a Renaissance. (laughs) Oh man! I was like, you just call him a soft brother? What's up with that man? Okay, anyway. Renaissance brother. (laughs) All right, all right. We we have a question. for you in the uh, chat room. And uh, one of our listeners asked, okay. I've always heard that Houston is a cutthroat city to be a rapper. Is that true? A lot of backstabbing and hating? Yeah, I mean, for a long, long time, it's been like that. Well, basically what, what that, that person probably saying is, like, it's a lot of talented people out here. Like, this is like Atlanta South. You know what I'm saying? We south of it, or Atlanta West, but we have West, a, a yeah. Ton, yeah, we we've always had a, a ton of talented people, especially uh, rappers, people in hip hop, and um, yeah. a lot of the people, a number of the people in the past who made it have necessarily opened up the doors and you know to assist people to come up from this area. And what it's mm-hmm. taking is people from the outside, you know, seeing the opportunity, and they they see the talent, and they they build these people up. So, I mean, it, it's really difficult um, down here. Uh, you know, some people got uh, glass half empty or, you know, glass glass half full type mentality. Well, down here it's kind of like glass half empty. It's like uh, mm-hmm. I guess people don't see that it's enough opportunity for everybody, especially with the Internet. So, you know, and, and, and it's a lot of competition. But if we, you know, we kind of change that competition around and, 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 you know, made it into love, it would be some way different, you know, I What's crazy is, you know, R.I.P. Pimp C, but that's what that's what he was all about. And I feel, I, you know what, I absolutely feel Pimp C because it's like after your life has been through all of these different trials and changes and all this craziness, all you want to do is just have fun and, and right, have fun right. with everybody and, you know, just, just make great music. So, but, yeah, to answer the question, um, <laughs> it should be a lot easier for talented people to be more successful here. The new people coming through, including myself, we're networking, we're working with people. Shout out to Propane, shout out to the uh, uh, Sauce Twins, shout out Reggie B, Ray Wonder, uh, the whole Desperado, the whole Houston, man, um, um, B-King, you know, man, guys is really working with one another. So things are gradually gradually changing to answer that question. You know what, and you know, that's, that's the whole thing. You know, people need to realize, first of all, that's how rap started. You know, it started as party. We were partying. I'm not. I'm not dating myself, but you know, we started this. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we. You know, it was party and everything. Yeah, we had a message and all that. And then 
I, of course, I know. You know, California came in, and we got gangster rap, and then, of course, we got the New York thing. But that was still, it was different. You know, it was more, I don't know, man. I don't know. But, yeah, it, it is room for everybody, especially now. Everything is, is national. It's, it's nationwide. Yeah. You know, you can get your stuff out there and uh, to everybody. So, so you know, what's all the beef? It's no, you know, beef is oh, actually that's old now. I mean, so you got a beef. Yeah. I mean, who are you? Fifty Cent? You know, you don't need a beef yeah. anymore. All right, that went on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. unless you got a reason. I mean, I can understand a person, you know, that you know, you just came out the Holocaust, so you might have something to get off your chest. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, for the most part, I'm, it's it's just about you know, I mean, just communicating yourself, like me. A number of people have compared my music to um, Big Sean or J. Cole or Wale, not for the style purpose, but more or less like the substance. Like, man, you're talking about you. Like, this story, like, your music is uniquely you. You know what I mean? Like, so, and and, and I'm coming out at a good time because it's not so segmented anymore. It, back in the day, it's like down south, either you a trap rapper or you busting some heads or you pimping some women. It's just one of them three things or you, you sell it all the drugs, not just some of them, but all of them. So, all you know, it's a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be, like, segregated. And, you know, like here, you know, south is the south and then, you know, west, west coast, west coast, east coast, east coast, you know, and then we got Detroit, you know, and then we got, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you, whatever speaks to you. You know, whatever yeah. you feel, that's what you should. That's a real artist, okay? You yeah, know, you got I like Wale, like real artist, Kendrick, real artist. You know, just speak Man. what it is, uh, what's coming out of you, wherever that, whatever that is. I want to actually see like a like a, a full. I'm talking about a full on collab. I'm talking about all the high artists. No, no. I mean, I'm getting two J Cole. Kendrick, you know, mm-hmm. all these new guys coming up, man, just co- just one big, huge, massive collaboration that will just take over the planet. Yeah. I mean, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see beef anymore. I'm re- I really don't. I want to see, like, well, no, this, yeah, no one wants to see that anymore. It's, it's let's boring. make this money. Let's spit these lyrics. Give me some, give yeah. me, like, all I want to do is eight bars. That's all I need. I just need eight bars. That's <laughs> it. I, if you let me go in your record, I just want eight bars, and I'm done. For real. I just want like two percent. That's it. Right. Two percent. All right, well yeah. um Wild Thing, aka Jarvis. Uh tell us about <laughs> um <laughs> tell us about your song Good Good. All right, well Good Good it was um produced and um by Ray Wonder, a, a super, super talented dude, man. This dude is so crazy talented. He also sings on the hook. And he has Did you say Wayne Rock. Wonder? Yeah, Ray Wonder. Yeah, that's his name. Okay, all right, all right. I'm, I'm sorry, I thought you said Wayne Wonder, so you said Ray Wonder. Okay, I got you. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, nah, he's a, uh, a fabulous, talented dude, man. Um, big shout-out to him. And, and Shauna. Um, Shauna, uh, formerly a DTP and Def Jam, she's, uh, she did everything. She went platinum on that single and, you know, had a, a lot of recognition. But it was just great working with her, you know, Um she comes from a music family. Her dad is Buddy High, but uh, excuse me, Buddy Guy. So, okay. you know, she grew what? up in this. So, huh? You said Buddy Guy. Yeah, yeah, that's Shauna Daddy. Wow. You know, you know Buddy Guy. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Okay, no, Trey, you're not gonna, we're not gonna do this. 
I'm not going to go off that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best guitarist ever. <laughs> Buddy Guy, one of the best legend. Buddy Guy. Yeah. Are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah, oh, I'll look him up. Yeah, <laughs> you I'll, can do you do that. Please, I will. Please. So she she's um made an amazing appearance on here, and I have to say, just hands down, uh-huh. she is the most talented female uh, songwriter rapper in the game now. I mean, like after hearing this verse, and she's so humble though. Just like every day, like once once you know we finally finished recording it because we mm-hmm. had did our parts at different times. She came back to me. And she was like, you know. Let me know if you like it, because it matters a lot to me that you like it. Because, you know, this song, she was just really just vibing off of it crazy. So, mm-hmm. man, after I heard it, I was just blown away. She's like, you like it? Like, you know, like, are you sure? <laughs> like, man, this is dope, you know? So, yeah, we're really happy to, um, to be getting it out here to people. Been getting a lot of good response, man. The, um, the song Good Good is basically about, you know, just um, enjoying that person. You know, that person right. that, that makes you smile, that person that makes you feel, that person... That uh, that that gives you that groove, that you know, just enjoying that person and, and being all the way into them. That's what that song is about. All right, cool. um, we're gonna get into that in just a few seconds. But um, tell us where we can find you, where our listeners can look you up and um, get your work. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you can go to my my website, which is wildthing.net. Um, wildthing is spelled W Y L D T H A N G. The why is because I represent the Y generation. You know what I'm saying? Um, you can follow me on there. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Wild Thing Music. You can follow me on Facebook at My Wild Thing. But you know, just if you uh, if you go online, you can go to my website. You know, just type in my name, Google me. I'm everywhere. You can download my single uh, right now on iTunes or stream it. You know what I'm saying? It's it's it's, it's gold for your ear hole. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I like that. All right. All right, everybody. This is Wild Thing. Thank you so much for coming on to the Crystal Show. We really appreciate it. And you yeah. got to come back. And um, when you have some more stuff out, and we'll you know, we'll follow you and see what's going on with you. No doubt, man. I appreciate y'all for having me. Um, big shout out to all of your listeners, you know what I'm saying, for tuning in and continuing to support the show. Uh, shout out to all my folks that's tuned in right now. You know what I'm saying? A big shout out to H Town and much love to y'all and continued success. I'm out. All right. All right. Thanks for all thing. And that's here right now. Good, right. good.
Won't squeeze to the last drop video Take the late so we can watch Like a red out and non-stop You're, you're the tenant and I'm the pilot Work your eye like Pilates Making our living for the night Cause we ain't promised tomorrow So we living up every moment Baby, you got that good, good And I want you got me good, good Yeah, you know she got that
been with a star Now I'm an avatar Might need a Kevlar Cause I go to war for her Flies in here Acting like nobody noticed her Camera start flashing I be like that girl you blowing up I so you skating on No need I'm hating on you Louis I'm lacing on you Nothing is basic on you Smile on your face Make me say girl you so beautiful What I got in that safe That's only for me and you to know I'm assuming he means young people. Um, he says, yes, I like rap. This isn't 100% rap, though. This is like R&B blend, and it's just not a preference for me personally. All right, all right. He's shaking his head. All right, what do you think, Dre? The real Dre. <laughs> I like <laughs> Um Listening to it the first time a couple of days ago, I was like, eh, not so much. Um I kind of got. I got to agree with you on this one. Um, it's the young. It's for a younger crowd. I like the music and I like the R and B portion of it. Um, not something I'm going to pick up, but you know, features on. Okay. All right. Now, from myself, I like. Uh-huh. See, I like. I like. I like rap and I like R and B. 
And I like it when it's a little slower. You know, you kind of uh, smooth it out a little bit. And it's a song about singing to a female, which to me is refreshing because a lot of time rap is not about females in a real way. It's just about like this caricature of women. It's not about real women. Um, and even the women that, you know, like, like, yeah, like in the strip club, those aren't real women. And they're, I mean, I, when I say that, I mean, they're not real even when they're looking at you because they're playing a part. So, but so, the, but there's so many rap songs out praising strip clubs and, and these women, and it's like if you only knew what they think about you, you wouldn't sing a song to them. Okay, I, I, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. But anyway, um, I hate you. Well, yeah, pretty much. You know, pretty much. And I won't tell you how I know that. But anyway, um, for no, those – no, I'm not going to tell you. But for those of you who are, you know, listening to a podcast or whatever and you would like to respond, you know, hey, all you have to do is go on to um, com and you can respond that way. You can always respond there. You can respond on our Twitter page at Crystal Show 1. You can respond on our Facebook at The Crystal Show 1. So check it out. You'll hear it again on Saturday. And – um but yeah, I like it. But but then I'm well. This is just one out of three. So girl, you know, guys, I want you to respond to it and just let us know, let us know um, about it. So good, thanks. All right, we're gonna take a quick break before we get into get crystallized. Yay! <laughs> I love listening to The Crystal Show featuring Dre. I love listening to the shows during the week. I love the weekend edition show where I jam to the music and catch great artist interviews. But that's not enough. I want to wear The Crystal Show. I want to drink out of The Crystal Show. I want to sleep under The Crystal Show. So, you know what I did? I went to The Crystal Show store and I got t-shirts, mugs, duffel bags, mouse pads, and a whole bunch of stuff. It was easy. I just went to thecrystalshow.com and clicked on shop, and boom, I was shopping. And you can too. Just go to thecrystalshow.com and click on shop, and you can get all of the Crystal Show gear right now. But I gotta go, because the Crystal Show is about to come on. See ya. It's time to get crystallized. What was that? Okay, anyway. Um, what's up, everybody? We are into Get Crystallized, and well, what's going on? With you know the, what? 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 What's happening? I want to sleep. I want to sleep under Get Crystallized. <laughs> <laughs> I love that commercial. What? You don't like it? I think, I think it's cool. I, I love that commercial. That is because <laughs> I, I really pictured this really nerdy white guy who loves us. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what you, what's, what's, that's why you buy gear, because you love the show and you love whatever. Right. So you buy you buy the gear and you wear it, you sleep in it, you drink out of it, mm-hmm. you know, you do all mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we say you're big and fat enough to chew to the Christmas show, do it. Okay. <laughs> oh, and of course, you know, Eminem. 
um, the Pimp's Perspective, um, that we'll have a new one. We have a new one coming out, by the way, um, on Saturday, where he will be uh, talking about church girls and is the church a good place Uh-oh. to meet women. And his perspective, actually, I was like, you know, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> so maybe it is a good place. <laughs> so he can't, like, but, you know. It's the pimp's perspective, so he breaks it down for you. So but anyway, but we also have T-shirts with uh, for Eminem on there as well. You know, if you're a pimp, you know, you might want to, you know, show that, you know. Um, okay, what is this? I do have my Crystal Show coffee mug that I don't use. Okay, okay, why don't you use it, Q? Because <laughs> oh, he doesn't drink coffee. But I told him that you could drink... Um, you can drink tea out of it. Not everybody drinks coffee. I know those are weird people, but you know some people don't. I know. I mean, who are you? You know, you don't drink coffee. But um, <laughs> yes, we know you don't drink coffee. He's in the chat room chatting it up. Anyway, um, Amy Winehouse. <laughs> Amy Winehouse. Um, they're coming out with a documentary about her. It's gonna be out in July. And um, it's a tribute, kind of a documentary of her life. And um, it's going to be, they they did kind of a sneak peek of features regarding um, the documentary uh, that's out uh, or coming out in July. It's going to come out in, in UK, you know, because that's, you know, that's where she was from. And um, it's going to, you know, kind of, I guess, go through her life. Uh, it's going to have, like, rare interviews that we we didn't get to see much um about how before she became a star and when she was young and um as we all know that uh Amy Winehouse died of alcohol poisoning uh July 23rd in um 2011 and she was only 27 years old I mean that's crazy that's, and that was a bad bad thing and and to be quite honest with you, I actually dug her music. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. is that, you know, the whole British thing anyway, they really loved soul music, um, and especially like the 60s soul music. So they were almost in love. They were in love. At least Stan Shield did it. You know, Amy Winehouse did it in more of a group on hair type thing with, with the, the, the band and the two dancing guys in the back and everything. Her music was very good. And yeah, you know, yeah, stuff. definitely the whole, yeah, she was definitely bluesy, you know. I mean, yeah, you know, it is it is sad regarding, you know, how she died. Now, it's always sad a, when people is, die of drug overdoses now, is, and things of that nature. Now, this is actually a documentary, a documentary, not a biopic, right? Yeah, it's a documentary. So Okay, so we're not getting, so it'll oh, be, we're not getting, like, Katie, we're not getting Katie Parrish playing Amy Whitehouse. Right. No, 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 no. It's an okay. actual documentary, right. and um, yeah, you know, so it's gonna be you know like a documentary. It's gonna follow her life, follow you know you know interviews and things like that, and you know I'm sure some of her concerts and just talk about you know her life. Uh, I'm amazed that they haven't done more on um, her, and you know, um, and they haven't done a movie yet. I'm, I'm amazed by that because I, I just assumed that they would have done. A movie about her I'm life. I'm so glad they did. I'm well, so you know, I think the people who actually, you know, it, well, you know, when it comes to a movie, first of all, you need a good writer, and you need um, 
a screenwriter, not a novelist. That's a completely different thing. You need um, a screenwriter. You need a good director. You need a producer. Those are, you know, key people. And they all need to be good, you know, especially the yeah. director. Um, so that <laughs> – and then you can you can put in you know you can find actors not that actors aren't important they are but you know without good direction you know a movie's not going to go anywhere you can have the best actors in there and it's still going to suck and I've seen plenty of movies like that so and uh, and and you don't even really need a big budget either to make a good movie but but anyway yeah this is just going to be a documentary so that'll be coming out and I'm I'm I definitely want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see what, you know, to learn more about her and is really sad and everything that happened with her. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne's mom says she's facing eviction and he won't help her. Hattie Crawford Fishburne, um, she's 80 years old, and um, she's um, Lawrence's mother, who is, he's 53, uh, is reportedly facing eviction from her L.A. apartment. And uh, Miss Hattie, oh, isn't that just the cutest name for an old lady? Miss Hattie. Miss Hattie. Like everybody, Miss Hattie everybody knows a Miss Hattie or Miss Maddie or Miss, you know. Anyway, she claims that. Black woman named Hattie in your life. Yes, you do. Yeah, you have to. Um, she claims that she has received numerous notices, but has been unable to reach her son, and and said that he can help her keep her home but she hasn't been able to contact him and she also threw in there that he has become Hollywood quote unquote and even though she reportedly funded his career early on of course because you know she's his mom uh, her famous son has given her no assistance since hitting it big oh wow okay wait a minute since hitting it big yeah, since okay. he's big. So that was like years ago. Well, I mean, when, um, you know, I mean, he's been he's been doing well for a long time. So yeah, like, but I mean, he was he was on CSI when they, after, they, after they jumped the shark. I mean, really? Yeah, I mean, he, oh, he's on. I'm sorry, he's on. I'm sorry, he's on Blackish now. I'm sorry, I'm my bad, my bad, Larry. He's on Blackish. First That's of right. all, <laughs> he has been in numerous movies. Um, oh, the no. Matrix. Hello. Um. <laughs> well, I know that. I'm just. I guess my thing is, what's the problem, dude? I mean, what? Whatever what she did to you when you were young, I didn't think it over. Well, well, do you think that she, he has a um an obligation to take care of his mother forever? If he set a precedent, if he set a precedent, then yes. You know what I think? Expectation when he first got when he first got made it big into Hollywood, then yeah, he has he set that expectation that's on him. Now if he didn't do that, that's a different story. But still, mm-hmm. if your mother's facing eviction, bro, I need you to go ahead and give her at least a good couple of hundred thousand dollars. First you, of you all, I don't see why she is, you know, getting an eviction anyway. Because hello, why didn't you just buy her a house? You know what I'm saying? Well, oh, again, here's the other Dre on the line. Hello, other Dre. Oh, I'm Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> oh, everything's going great. I always oh, to the name. <laughs> I make one mistake, mistake, and I'm never going to live it down. Jeez. 
mistakes. Uh, ever, ever, ever. Uh, I don't know what the situation could be between him and his mom. Um, I mean, you know, there can be so many underlying stories that we just don't know about, but it does look bad, and of course it's going to sound bad from the outside looking in. Uh, I was thinking the same thing, Crystal, that you just mentioned, like why is she in an apartment and not a house? Right. Uh, so who knows? I mean, some of these guys, I mean, in all fairness, and I'm just playing devil's advocate, it could be a situation that when he was a little boy, you know, she had a boyfriend who touched him or something and she never protected him. I mean, you know, it, it could be anything. And I know that's extreme, oh, yeah. but, yeah, I mean, it could be anything. But it just, it just looks so bad. To have your it mom does. on the verge of getting kicked out and she can't get in touch with you. You know, I would at least have to come out and say something like, hey, you know, you all don't know what's going on with me and my mom. Stay out of my business. Or I don't think I can just say anything and let people just wonder if I'm just a sorry dude. See, my thing is this. Mm-hmm. He has a, I mean, the way I look at it, I would probably want to hook his mom up because he got a daughter, too. And they ain't exactly on the best speaking terms either. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that'll happen when... Um, well, but, yeah, I mean, that was her fault, though, right? I mean, she's a fucking porn star or some shit. Well, I know, you know, I mean, but, okay, now, granted, she may not make a lot of money in the long run, um, but, you know, laying well, down on her job, does that too. Yeah, anyway. Well, I take exception to the word star. She was in porn, I that. Okay, well, yeah, okay, yeah. A porn okay. extra. But, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. I just think, but you're right, though, Crystal. You should have been in the house, period. I mean, after he made Apocalypse Now, he should have bought her a house. Bottom line. No, and yeah, we don't know what's going on. We don't know if, you know, she did want a house. You know, we don't know if he did buy her a house and then she screwed it up or something. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. I mean, sure. he's 80 years old, so, I mean, this has been going. I mean, he hasn't just. He didn't just become a Hollywood star. He's been in for a while, so we don't know what happened in the last, you know, 20, 30 years of all that. So, yeah, so we don't know. But still, it doesn't look good Nope. And she's 80. Okay, whatever the hell happened before, I just can't even fathom that. You know, I just, I can't. I can't. But, you know, that's the, you know, that's horrible. But anyway, you know. It's out there. She's obviously not happy about it, and she's spilling the beans and <laughs> talking, you know. But you're 80 years old. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to say whatever I want. I don't care. I'm not going to be here. <laughs> Does it make it worse, though? <laughs> what? That, I mean, you know, here it is. You're needing his help, and now you've gone to the media. I, I don't know if that actually helps anything, you know. Look, let me tell you something. This is my son. I don't give a fuck. I'll talk about you as I fucking gave birth to you. Okay, I gave birth to you, it hurt like hell, and um, I raised your damn nappy ass, and damn it, I'll say whatever the hell I want to say, I'm about to die anyway, so you can oh freaking, you can freaking pay my stupid rent, after everything I do for you, I don't give a damn, <laughs> and I'll talk to whoever will listen to me, okay, because I'm 80 years old and I'm his mama. I'm still your I pray for your son that I pray for your son that you that you never face eviction. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean in that situation 
situation, if I know damn well my son has the money and I'm sitting over here, don't shit. <laughs> Everybody will know, okay? Because that's, you know, that's just how I roll. Everybody will know. All right. <laughs> Some other things in the news. Uber driver. Everybody, have you ever driven an Uber car before? No, I haven't. Or ridden one, for that matter. Yeah, I think they, they have drivers for you, and you just call them, and they come pick you up. Is that the way it works, or you just – is it because it's a share ride? So can you just drive it yourself, or am I thinking of another type of car, or you just pick it up? I think you may be that's thinking a, of another that's, type that's of a car. Rental. No, that's not a rental. a rental. No, no, no. <laughs> I think they're all under the Uber thing. But anyway, the Uber drivers have been burglarizing. Some have, have been charged with um, sexual assault. And the, the more and more yeah. people look out in the news right now is that this guy, he was a driver for Uber, and he was is accused of he picked up a passenger, he dropped her off at the airport, and then he went right back to her house and burglarized it. And yeah, it's like, what? what the hell? Wow. But they've been getting into, I mean, more and more drivers have been doing this i mean it's not exactly like a regular cab and they say that they they put all of their their drivers through some sort of background check or whatever but for some reason it that doesn't matter you know they're you know they're just taking advantage of the situation or something i don't know what's the difference between uber and um a cab or a car service like a limo a cab you have to have a what is it's like a license thing or something like that right q uh, that's my understanding. I just kind of learned about this Uber thing when I first heard yeah. about it. I thought that was one of those vehicles that the uh, hamsters used to dance to on TV. But, I mean, <laughs> it's for what I understand, anyone could, anyone can be an Uber driver. You just sign up, drive your personal car, and people come to different places. Even you. Yeah, Even you yeah. And really, to come back in their house and rob them is kind of smart when you think about it. Not condoning it by any means, but if you're going to be a crook, be a good one. <laughs> That's horrible. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just merry of Uber because I don't want to end up being in, like, different parts of Tampa Bay. You know, just because I just wanted to go to the supermarket. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I never liked that whole Uber. It's a cool concept, just not for me because, I mean, it, and I didn't even hear about this story until just now, and I'm like, well, that kind of validates my reason for not doing it. But, yeah, I guess you can go and be an Uber driver, you know. So it's you your nice own car. car? It's not like an assigned car? It's your car. It's, That's it's my your car. Yeah. And I'm well, just not good. down with that. I just, I have a, um, I'm allergic to, like, running with someone who may kill me. So I, I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't know if the person's a good driver. You don't know if they're a serial killer. I want to at least have someone who's licensed so my family will who to sue, you know, after someone kills me and wears my skin. Ew. Oh, my God. <laughs> really? I know. Too much. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, that's yeah, but cool, but yeah, a little, uh, little graphic, but uh, that's cool, though. <laughs> Wearing my skin. <laughs> my best. <laughs> All right, did anybody watch um, the the, ro- the roasting of um, Justin Bieber? No. I'm happy to watch? say 
Actually, yeah, I got pretty much how to deal with stuff. But yeah, actually, go ahead. It was pretty interesting. It, I mean, I watched it because you know that's just, that's just who I am. Okay, why am I screaming in the background? Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, someone turned down your um, computer or something. But anyway, I um. I watched it, but what was interesting to me about it? It, you know, we all know what a roast is. Oh, excuse me. Uh, a roast, you know, where Justin Bieber. And actually, I didn't realize that you can ask for a roast. That's how you get a roast or something. I thought Why would people, you ask for one? people. Yeah, I know, but I didn't realize that. But anyway, publicity. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, so, so okay, so it was Justin Bieber. So it had um. Uh, who is it? Had Snoop Dogg was on there. Ludacris um, was there. Kevin Hart was hosting, of course, you know, because he'll host anything. <laughs> I should have him come host host the show. Kevin, can you come host my show for a few? <laughs> he, he fucking hosts anything. But um, and a couple of other comedians on there. The guy who outed um, Bill Cosby, you know, the comedian, he was on there, and they kind of made fun of that. That no one knows who he is. Yes, Hannibal, whatever. Anyway, um, uh, and Martha Stewart was on there <laughs> as well. Martha Stewart. But I know. I know. It was so stupid. But anyway, you know, it was kind of funny. But what was interesting was Snoop Dogg, he said the word nigger like 20 times in his little on whatever, you know, his little comedy act that he did, you know, roasting of of Justin. And um, it was just ridiculous. I was like, wait a minute. I mean, I know you're going to put in a few here and there because it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's funny, but whatever. And it's Snoop Dogg, so it's like funny to me because he's just hilarious. Um, but I was like, well, damn. And there were a lot of jokes in there that were really just off the cuff, just hard, just like, not good. I mean, not good as in went too far and made me go, damn, damn, wow. Did they hear the Paul Walker joke? The what? Um, the Paul heard, Walker joke? Yeah, I heard they did a joke on Paul Walker. You know, he was killed uh, yes, in that car crash. Yeah. And, um, you know, Ludacris was there, and I heard it was something. I didn't know if they aired it or not, but I remember reading about it last week. No, I didn't hear that one. So they probably took that one out for um, you know, thank goodness. Uh I don't I didn't um What was the joke about? But they did a I lot don't of, remember specifically, they did a but lot it was, of horrible jokes that were like, "Whoa, is you know, is this even is it too soon for this or not good?" You know, they talked a lot about, you know, Ludacris just being I'm going to not joke about Paul Walker's death. Sorry. <laughs> That's just low class to me. I'm sorry. Come on, man. Leave Paul Walker. Let him, you know. I mean, granted, it's been a while since he's been, you know, since he passed away and everything with kills. Not that but long. Yeah. We don't, about a year. What is it, a year? Okay, but we don't need to joke about it, though. That's my thing. Whoever made yeah, the joke, they, I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, they did a lot of bad jokes. I mean, bad as in just, just, it's just too soon or too horrible, and I can't believe they did it. But it's Comedy Central, so whatever. You know, uh, well, no, I think it was HBO or whatever, actually. But it was, um, I don't know, I don't know. It was kind of interesting. I, I'd say watch it because I think it was, it was, it was. The jokes were 
were kind of interesting. And anyway, in the end, um, Justin gets up, and, you know, he's supposed to, like, joke with everybody, you know, that's the roasting thing, you joke back at the people. He didn't do really much of that, he did a little bit. But um, at the end, he does this speech where he talks about, in all seriousness, I'm really, really sorry for being a dick. (laughs) I'm sorry for having $200 million. And uh, I'm sorry for all the bad things that I've done. And, you know, he just goes on and on and, he you know, he just says that he wants to be the type of person that, you know, kids respect and that everyone looks up to, and, you know, and all this stuff. And I was like, what the, what the hell is this? I was like, this is not, you know, I mean, yeah, it was purely publicity. You know, it was like, who advised you to do this, first of all? Well, um, Drunken tirade or something? What? I mean, well, usually they family? don't do that. They don't do that kind of. A, it just it was just odd to me, and um, I don't know. I mean, I when I think of roasts, um, it's usually for someone who's been in the business a very very long time, you know. Right. And it, like the fact Martin that he, well, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, but just the fact that you know they did one um, for him, and who was that? Oh, the funniest part, actually. Um, Oh God, what's his name? Who does um, uh, was it Ron Burgundy? Will Ferrell. Oh, uh, Will Ferrell. Yeah, he came out like at the end, you know, when everybody was completely surprised that he just came out. He he was totally in character of Ron Burgundy. It was that was hilarious. <laughs> that was hilarious. He was like, you know. Um, Justin Bieber is doing the right thing because we're all talking about it, and he's this and he's that. It's just hilarious. He just made it hilarious because you know, if we, you know the character of Ron Burgundy. You know, he's like a total jerk. So, but I don't know. It was interesting. I would say watch it because it's funny. It was funny to me. It was just like, but some of the jokes were kind of like raw. So that's weird. All right. The last thing that's going on in the news that I wanted to bring up before we leave out of here is. Um, the uh, was it Bowie Bergdahl who is charged with desertion now? Uh, you know the um, he was an American soldier, former of the Taliban. Mm-hmm. He, he was capped uh, captive, but they're saying that he was actually he deserted and that um, you know that he just walked away. It wasn't he wasn't really you know a captive. You know, and um, they're talking about President Obama. And they're saying, you know, he said it was a good day, but all the Republicans at that time, you know, when they released him and everything and they went and got him, um, the Republicans, you know, they were like, no, don't. You know, they denounced it um, and they denounced the deal and denounced all of that of getting him back. And it's kind of like an I told you so kind of what's happening right now with the president. Of course, they're going to, you know. Gleam in on that. What do you guys think about this guy? Do you think that he really was just a deserter, and that he, you know, was not actually doing the right thing at that time, and he really didn't need to be brought back? If he deserted, then I have no sympathy for him at all. Then I'm biased, so. Yeah. Yeah, I have to um, agree. If he if he deserted, then. Uh... Yeah, you you can't feel sorry for him. Well, there are plenty of people, like, you know, some of the soldiers that were around at that time, they said that he was actually, this was not, um, he did not get 
you know, captured. He was, he just walked away. He just deserted. And, um, and that he should not have been brought back because, you know, they let go of, you know, several of the, of the Taliban, um, prisoners who were, you know, in prison, I think at what, Guantanamo, and they let him go in order to get him back. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, he'd had, he'd had to stay. I'm sorry. I mean, I, and I'm not, by, I'm not conservative by any means, but I'm a veteran, and, you know, there are guys that I have friends that died. So this little, this, this is kind of like a, a, a kind of a hit home thing for me. If yeah. he deserted, then I need him to stay where the hell he is because I'm not trading anybody from a prisoner that we have for him. Only to do it again. He's going to come back, he's going to write a book, and he'll be on 60 Minutes and make a lot of money, and I'm not happy with that. I don't know if he's coming back because he um, is pretty much, if he gets you know, convicted, he's going to be gone for the rest of his life. Now, ten years from now, he's going to write a book. I promise you that. He's going to be on, one of these idiots on 60 Minutes will sit there with, <laughs> we have an interview with the <laughs> man who is, <laughs> I was this talk. I'm Mike Wells. I'm Morley Safer. I'm Andre Slaughter's. Get him the fuck out of here. <laughs> Next on 60 Minutes. Okay, Dre. I take it that easy. Was, you're not that a was fan. Funny. Sorry. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. All right. Um, first of all, thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. Next week um, on The Crystal Show, we will have Nagindo Muki the director and animator of Yellow Fever. And if you guys haven't seen that, um, that Yellow Fever, it is. It's a film, it's an animated film, um, a very powerful film that takes a raw look at bleaching of black skin. And um, she is uh, actually in Africa, so we are going to pre-record that interview with her. I'm very excited about talking with her about it. And... Um, she really, if you haven't seen the film, I would say definitely um, check it out. It's called Yellow Fever, and um, I'll be posting it on my Facebook page and on the Twitter page and on um, our page in order to, so you guys can, you know, check it out before, you know, you listen to the show next week. So that'll be on the 9th. And, um, and then we're also going to be um, getting into for the rest of the show after the interview we're going to be discussing that and we're going to be discussing colorism and is whiter better and and I hope we can get yeah. some, we can hopefully we can get some really good conversation going regarding it because I you know we say no and I know we and she really goes into it but um being lighter skinned, does that mean that you are prettier? Does that mean that you are more attractive to a wider range of men? Or, you know, but it's usually women who are doing this as opposed to men who are doing it. But there are men who do it, but mostly it's it's women. So um, trying to be more attractive um, and to get better jobs or to attract you know, more men, especially black men who don't seem to like darker skinned women. But anyway, we're going to talk about all that. 
um, next week on the show. And this Saturday um, on the Crystal Show um, Weekend Edition, um, we will have an artist, hip-hop artist, Daddy Rich, will be on the show, and we're going to be talking to him live um, uh, about um, his new song that's uh, coming out, and we will, have, of course, have our great music that we always have, and, and the music that you heard tonight will be on there, and we will also have Oya um, new songs. Uh, we'll also have her on there. We may play a snippet of her interview. And, um, <laughs> yeah, she's cool. So, um, so all right. So any final thoughts? Uh, Q. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> yeah, you talking to me? <laughs> I wasn't sure. I wasn't going to respond until I... <laughs> you had to think about it. Um, I was just fucking with you. Go ahead. Great show. Um, I enjoyed it. I the interview. I really liked what um, what my man, uh, thing had to say about um, the Houston rappers, and uh, I think he really explained it very well. As far as you know, there's a lot of talent. There's enough for everyone. Yet people just feel the need to kind of get in either way. And um, him mentioning the bandwagon mentality. Uh, it's definitely understood because that's that's real big in the South, um, especially here in Mississippi. I mean, no one blows up until someone outside of the state recognizes your talent. Kind of like David Banner had to go to Atlanta to blow up. I mean, he had been around here for a decade and no one paid him any mind. And then once he blew up in Atlanta, everybody, oh, that's my homeboy right there. He's in Jackson. I mean, you know, that's kind of the mentality <laughs> a lot of people have here in the South, and it's it's, it's unfortunate. Well, you know what I think that's um that may be just about everywhere when you're at home when you're hometown um and you're you're big in your in you know your area and it's not until somebody else recognizes you that you go oh okay you know you start you know you know like Big Sean I mean you know he's been doing his thing but it wasn't until Kanye West <laughs> brought him out of there and into the big thing is perfect. Oh, Detroit. Yeah, he's Detroit boy. It's like, well, yeah, he's been here forever. <laughs> but you know what else, though? And I also think, and I, I really hate to inject race, but I do think it's also kind of a black thing, too. Uh, Perhaps in because, America? Yeah, because I have seen, like, for example, the Indie Chicks, you know, Indie Chick Magazine. Yeah. Um, I had Kiara Mazuka on the show before they, mm-hmm. you know, launched the web site and everything and I mean she had like 5,000 Twitter followers in a month and mm-hmm. and now she has a national magazine in like a year and a half I mean she just got all of the support from people that she knew and everything and I'm thinking to myself you know how come we don't ever do that but because it's jealousy yeah it's crab in a barrel jealousy what the hell is that am I'm I sorry or am I, I, no, that I was a text message that was that was my fault okay, okay. oh it's your fault Q yeah, now I remember your name. Okay, anyway. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm in trouble. But great show. Thanks, Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're very welcome. All right, and Dre, do you have any final thoughts? Well, um, I, again, I enjoyed the show. It was good information, uh, especially about the, the momagers and stuff. That was pretty cool. Uh, kind of like the inside, the backstory behind, you know, what it's like to be a childhood star and everything. But, yeah. That is cool. Um, great show tonight. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, just a real quick, 
um, this Saturday, um, I'm going to be on the uh, Jay Mail's podcast, actually, this coming Saturday. So we'll be able to we'll be talking to him. Uh, we'll be talking to me, rather, um, this mm-hmm. coming Saturday at uh, 7.30. So looking forward to that. Jay Mail's, it's, it's uh, righttolove.com is the website. Now, will that be live or will he he be – because I know he'll be be podcast. Oh, so he'll actually have a a, live show. Well, this is a podcast that may be taped, but um, either way, you know. Yeah, so thanks to him for actually connecting the two of us together anyway. So looking forward to that this coming weekend. And then after that, happy Easter, folks. Have a good one. That's right. Happy Easter. To all of those, and um, Q posted the right to real love dot com. Jay Mayo in um, in the chat room there, and Jay Mayo, another you know Detroiter, and he was on our show uh, earlier in the year. He actually kicked off yes, this, this season um, because he's a very spiritual, positive young brother, and um, you know we always got to shout out, shout out, definitely our. Our positive brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. Those five brothers over there. <laughs> Why could be five? Could be six? Could be nine? Maybe there's you six. Know, could be five, but then. <laughs> Just those five brothers. <laughs> over five. there in the corner, right. by themselves, drinking alone um, with amongst themselves. They, you know, that's what I would always call those guys in the club, you know, the ones. They're off to the side, they're doing their own thing, and then by 11.30, they're gone. <laughs> you know, I guess back to their wives or something. I have no idea. Anyway. Uh, all right, well, thanks, everybody, for listening in. Um, thanks so much to uh, Wild Thang for coming on to the show. Thanks so much to um, Kenny Benici um, with her book, Stardom Happens. And um, I'm definitely going to check that out. That that sounds really interesting. I really want to hear that or read it because um, I love behind the scenes. And just talking to her makes me want to go watch Home Improvement. <laughs> uh, I, know, I, know, right? I think it's still in syndication. Uh, oh, it's know, uh, Yeah, yeah. But anyway, thanks so much, guys. And we will check check you guys next week. So peace. Two fingers. See ya. The Crystal Show was created, written, and hosted by Crystal Hickerson. It is produced and co-hosted by Andre Saunders. The Crystal Show is owned and operated by Trinity Productions. For more information on the show, please visit thecrystalshow.com. Thank you for listening.